Crowd for the T1 and Brass. I'm Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio. This week at Fangraphs.com, uh, an important baseball website for uh, stats and analysis, Fangraphs.com, uh, we've begun releasing, rolling out, you might say, the Zips projections. The Zips projections for 2014, starting with the Boston Red Sox, moving on to the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, and then today, Friday, uh, doing the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, who also participated along with the Red Sox, also participated in the World Series. The progenitor of the Zips projection system and, and the person for whom uh, we might call Zips a, an eponymous projection system uh, is Dan Zimborski. The S is silent, uh, you might say. Uh, something that's not silent is Dan Zimborski himself. And this is something that the next uh, 45 minutes or so will reveal. I asked Dan Zimborski about... Uh, the history of the Zips projection system, some of the earliest projections we've seen. What, for example, what has changed since the the first earliest ones that appeared at Baseball Think Factory? And Zimborski has all the answers, and he has other answers as well, answers to questions uh, maybe that I've asked, not explicitly, but have implied he answers those questions as well. He's very thorough. I think we can all we can all agree. But let's stop this introduction. Let's move on to the conversation. It's Fangraph Studio features uh, the progenitor of Zips, the Zips projection system, Dan Zaborski, and it begins right now. Because we, because you should be on the show more often, but we're doing it. Uh, it the reason why it's entirely relevant right now is because um, Zips has recently come out at Fangraphs.com. That is the case. Yeah, and uh, you started off big. You went big. I noticed. Uh, actually, let's talk about uh, something that won't interest anyone. Let's talk about release strategy, um, which is not a euphemism for something dirtier. It's a uh, it's I know so Hewlett Mark Hewlett is is kind of concurrently doing his prospect list, and he started mm-hmm. off slow like he went like it was like Miami and Seattle, but but you you start you go Boston Philadelphia St Louis those are big markets big interested markets. So so what you're saying is that Mark goes slow yeah zim fast zim fast yeah. Well, no, but, I, but I don't no, understand. No, no euphemisms. No euphemisms. Yeah, but no. So, what is your reasoning? Are you trying to? Uh, what do you? I mean, what is? What do you? I don't. I'm not going to ask you to speculate on Hewlett, but what's your philosophy to rolling out a uh, thing like this, where you need to roll out all 30 teams? You see, if I if I told you I had to kill you and every person listening to this, <laughs> yeah, which is really bad for traffic. Yeah, but it's terrible. Yeah. Actually, last year what I did. Uh, is I actually just opened up an Excel spreadsheet, I had a list of all the teams, and then I typed in to request a random number for each one, and then I did them in that order, mm-hmm. except for two teams which I awarded based on trivia on Twitter. Oh, yeah, and didn't Oakland – wasn't Oakland up top somewhere? It was San Francisco and Oakland up last year. Oh, yeah. Did uh, you, so did you happen – you did it late at night, I'm guessing. Yeah, I – there, there's this there's this period of the night, usually about 1 a.m., where where my Twitter feed kind of declines in coherence and on topicness and non ridiculousness. None of these are words. Yeah. Uh. So so this year, I'm just taking last year's list and I'm flipping it over, 
and I, I, I again awarded a few teams to the front of the line based on uh, what, two trivia questions and that song contest thing I did after my chat one week this year. So, so that's how Boston became first, and then Philly became second, and then St. Louis third. Right. Well, and I was thinking with regard to last year, if it's Oakland and, and San Francisco, this means that uh, we are dealing with people on the West Coast. So you might be you might be up uh, and uh, and um, on Twitter at 1 a.m. your time, but so you're going to have a lot of West Coast people involved, more than East Coast people, presumably, because some people have to work. I know that might shock you. That, that, that is shocking. I, I don't know what – you call this an economy? Jesus. Um, well, you see, I consider it compensation for them because they don't live on the good coast like oh, I do. Like you do, yeah. Now, where where are we uh, – where have you, you – you think you might be a Tigers fan. You might be a Tigers fan. Maybe you're not a Tigers fan. I'm an Orioles fan. You're I'm an Orioles Baltimore. fan. Right, but why are you – so why were you depressed during your chat this week – um, you were depressed about the Tigers' moves, and uh, is it because you're, you're sympathetic for some reason to the Middle West, or is it just uh, what, are you, what are you upset about? Well, I, I mean, I'm not upset, upset, but but moves I don't like always depress me, and they always raise my blood pressure because I take everything way too seriously, and I'm excitable. Mm-hmm. So if I don't like a move, I feel bad about it, even if it's the Yankees, and that's. That's just, scary you know, to think about. Um, what you're saying is you sort of uh, you want there, yeah, you want there to be sort of justice. Uh, you want justice. Yeah, to the, be the done. whole the whole karmic justice. You want you want the the transactions to just kind of even out. No, so the scales with, of justice. So with regard that to more, <laughs> so with, re, with regard to Detroit's, uh, of course, they just traded uh, Doug Fister away uh, for for Robbie Ray, who has some merits. Um, uh, but not is I don't think he's a he's not a top top prospect um, and uh, what a couple other pieces right Ian Kroll and is that right Ian Kroll That's yeah Ian Kroll Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray. Uh, and of course Steve Lombardozzi Jr. who if you if you read some of the message boards some of the some of the uh, not the mainstream ones you see a lot of people uh, venting some anger about the loss of Steve Lombardozzi Jr. Well, okay, yeah, that's fine. And, and again, Steve Lombardozzi Jr. could probably has probably something to offer a major league club, but not, it's not an overwhelming amount. And in, in relative to Doug Fister, who's I think he's been, if I'm not mistaken, one of the the top uh, what top twenty. He, he's in the top twenty. He's he's got that he's got that change up. Uh, good picture. He's going to do really well in the NL. Yeah, he's going to do. Yeah, he is going to do well in the NL. But now, how did you feel about the other Detroit move, right? Um, in terms of not necessarily exclusively from Detroit's perspective, but in terms of what we're saying, karmic justice, because you have Detroit, Detroit seeming to make a, a, an excellent move insofar as um, they get themselves out of some money. Uh, meanwhile, though, they get Ian Kinsler, who you know is a player with promise. Um, you, you could say that. They made an excellent deal, but Texas had their own reasons for doing it. Even though maybe, if we're just if it's in a vacuum, we say that uh, Detroit got the better of it. Did this uh, did this um, afflict you in any way, or did you see uh, both sides sort of gaining from it? Uh, well, I did like to trade better from the Detroit angle, as you say. Uh, I don't think Prince Fielder is going to age that well, and for some reason they're still kind of iffy on whether they're actually using his DH or first base, which of course is just a bizarre 
problem. He he should be a designated hitter at this point. Uh, but it wasn't such a bad trade that that all the empathy turned on towards Texas. That there's kind of a threshold where you go, uh, like you're not going to feel bad if you see a fender bender, mm-hmm. but if you're driving down the street, you see this fiery wreck and there's ambulances and helicopters. That then you do feel bad. Yeah, there, there there's this kind of Rubicon that you cross where you feel bad. Is there um, now with a, usually with a car wreck too? There's sort of a, a morbid fascination. Do you have a morbid fascination with um, with uh, trades that are sort of conspicuously imbalanced, like like maybe that Detroit trade might be? Oh oh oh! Imbalanced trades are the best. I can I can make fun of those for years. Same with signings. I mean. I don't know how much I've gotten out of Ryan Howard contract. I've probably gotten more out of the Ryan Howard contract from writing than the Phillies have gotten from Ryan Howard. So in terms so of I'm yeah, so uh, so writing above replacement is that your yeah your essentially essentially I've gotten more benefit from Howard than the Phillies have. Yeah, well that was uh, I noticed. So of course the Phillies uh, the Phillies were the the second team uh, that uh, I'm going to say we've released. You do you do most of the work. I just uh, I just put it into a graphic that kind of makes it look nice, I guess. Yeah, I, um, I can't do graphics. I was doing pre-formatted text right up until what 2011. Yeah, uh, yes, you which, were. Is, which is which is very retro uh, because I used pre-formatted text in 1996 to make charts. So I was a little behind the times, and I'm a little too old to be a full-on. Lud- I mean, a little too young to be a full-on luddite. Full-on luddite. Yeah, it's actually uh, maybe your maybe your your uh, sort of programming or HTML skills are not unlike my musical tastes, which is that um, they were – I think they were rather progressive up till the age of maybe 22 or 23, at which point um, for me, I know I severed all ties and my music tastes are basically exactly the same as they were 10, 12 years ago. My, my, my music tastes do. I, I do listen to new things. Yeah. I have a, I have a very – there's a lot of correlation between my music and the Pitchfork Media uh, albums list, so I do have a little bit of, of that kind of hipster thing in me, it seems. Although I don't dress like a hipster, I dress like a slob, but I digress. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, I got to uh, um, thank you uh, to Matt Denowitz. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I've heard the name. Yeah, Matt Denowitz uh, works for Pitchfork. He does uh, a bunch of tech. Okay, yeah, now. yeah. I, I I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, he uh, he actually he came out here to uh, um, Paris, France, and um, I was able to go with him one day to to the Pitchfork uh, festival here in Paris, which is really cool. Oh, that that that, that sounds cool. Uh, yeah. So, have you, how many Parises have you been to? Have you ranked the Parises? Uh, I don't know. Is, is there a Paris? There might be a Paris, Maine. I might have been to Paris, Maine. I have never been to Paris, Texas. Uh, I think there's a Paris, Ohio, maybe. Yeah. Par- I mean, but Paris, I'm not France. Quite is, sure. Yeah, Paris, France is pretty good. I know they speak French over there. Yeah, they do. They do. Although, um, you can actually get away as if you uh, are smart about it. And I'm, and I have not even. I don't. I don't think I've been entirely smart about it. But even just sort of. Um, Grasping in the dark, I've I've actually been able to survive speaking almost exclusively English with just a little well, bit of French. Well, that makes sense because that's how uh, a typical, an average American speaks a foreign language. They just speak <laughs> English louder and angrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, no. Well, first of all, well, there, you're say, no, I don't speak French. <laughs> there are a number of 
there are a number of um, sort of um, English speaking. Well, not not, a, not yeah, not ex, they're not they're, their businesses. They're not especially English speaking, but they have uh, employees who are either from, for example, I go to a bar. I'll be going to this bar tonight called the Harp. Um, it's owned by uh, Glaswegians, which is actually just as hard to understand as French. Oh, um, I've, I've been to Scotland. I cannot. I, I I don't know what they're saying. They just kind of go on, and you nod your head slightly, and you and you take your drink. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, good, yeah. But, it, yeah, right. It's hard to tell if it's this, they're talking like that because they've been drinking or because you've been drinking or because that's actually how they talk. So, um, listen, let, let me ask you – all right. First, this is a, a, a curiosity I had. How long have you been doing Zips? Um, the first official rollout was in 2004, but I had been experimenting for a few years before that, before it became official. Because even now, there's always a, a Zips that's a couple years ahead of the current Zips. But I'm always very conservative and careful about implementing new things. Oh, okay. Well, I want to ask you about new things momentarily. But here's a curi- here's the thing about which I'm curious. Let's see, implementing. I'm making a note here. Implementing new Zips. But I want to ask you about. I want to ask you about the length of, discla- of the disclaimer on that first edition you officially released in 2004 relative to the length of the present disclaimer and um, when and how it's gotten longer. Well, I, I, I don't know if I even had a disclaimer the first time because uh, we put them into uh, the preview articles we were doing at the time at uh, Baseball Think Factory. Uh, and I think the disclaimer grew because, you see, I go into things – assuming that I'm not going to have to actually explain anything to anybody and everybody will just figure it out. Like, you know, no, I don't really believe there's going to be 370 games started this year by one team. I do not think that happened. Why would you think that? <laughs> uh, but you, 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 I discovered uh, there's this percentage which seem immune to any kind of extrapolation of information that they can kind of deduce that what this means or yes I know that pitcher has Tommy John surgery Zips is not projecting he'll magically get better and pitch all season uh, so kind of I accumulate stupid questions in my mind and then I seek to answer them in the disclaimer right and you do and I think that if you were to answer all of them and not necessarily stupid questions exclusively but if you were to answer all of the questions then these posts for example that I'd be doing would be um, mostly disclaimer and then a little extra content to uh, sort of, uh, I guess, uh, co- you know, as a companion to the numbers. Well, it, it's a, it's a, uh, it's to be cautious ahead of time because I'm even on, on Twitter email. I'm someone who doesn't like to leave questions or emails or Twitter mentions unreplied to. Mm. So if I don't answer both stupid and smart questions as well as I can, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be answering a lot of things. I just can't ignore anything. So you have a compulsion to to respond to all yeah, these it's, sorts it's, of things. Yeah, it's it's a last wordism. Yeah. Even if it's not an argument, I have to have the last word. Right. Even if it's just, I mean, usually if someone's asked you a question, you, by definition, you're going to get the last word if you're providing the answer. Yeah, but then they'll say thank you, and then I'll have to say something because you you can't you can't let the person you're talking to win. No. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's actually how I feel about my marriage. <laughs> I can't let I can't let my spouse win. Yeah, yeah, that, that explains a lot. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little bit competitive. Yeah, the um, so so it's gotten quite long. It's gotten a lot longer, I guess. Um, now you you mentioned that you have had that you, there's sort of some 
implementations that that might exist in in a in a kind of uh, in a in a future version of Zips. What what are the changes that what were the early and big changes that you made that you made to it though? I mean, it's been, if it's been around for almost ten years, I well, assume, the early changes yeah. uh, was at first I didn't have a really dynamic uh, system for aging. Uh, my computer at the time just wasn't up to it. I had kind of a series of different aging curves based on player type, but over time. Uh, I was able to make it so that it generated aging curves for individual players on the fly, so to speak. Uh, I didn't have a career thing. Uh, the first edition of Zips, it was you just put in three years of basic data, you get a line from it. Um, and lots of stuff I add, like the various things I call O to B, the, the odds of important baseball events, where it spits out like every player's chance of hitting 32 home runs or having an OPS plus of 130 in 2016. Uh, stuff like that uh, has been added over the years. Uh, the new changes, of course, aren't quite as dramatic as that. Uh, there are some smaller things, like projecting base running uh, outside of stolen bases uh, and projecting uh, leverage index usage for, for players, just so that I can make the war a little work better with, with fan graphs. Uh, and there's other things, just more play-by-play and hit-ball data, uh, because there's a lot to, we have a lot of that stuff in recent years, but we're still fairly early in figuring out just what it means from a predictive standpoint. Because we can't go back in history and get uh, the contact rate for some guy in 1880. Right. Now, listen, um, Russell Carlton, um, who's uh, all over the internet, but is presently at uh, uh, Baseball Prospectus. I know that his uh, some of his work. Uh, with regard to sample sizes, uh, has been uh, very valuable, um, um, and, and he's uh, he's revised it as well um, using, uh, I guess, some um, you know new new methodology, improved methodology, um, and he'll say, uh, for, you know, for example, strikeout rate for a batter uh, will start to become reliable at this threshold, whereas you know something uh, like batting average or BABIP uh, requires many more plate appearances. I'm curious to what extent that sort of information has been already kind of um, part and parcel of Zips, uh, and or, or to what degree you know you've adjusted. I, I know, for example, that uh, the the BABIP projections in season with Zips, I think, are pretty aggressive. If I'm not mistaken, is that true? And is there other stuff that's like that? In season, they're not really that aggressive. Uh, actually. Regressive fairly gently in season, um, relatively speaking. Uh, I've, I've used, reg- I've had regression for stat, individual stats for a long time in zips. Uh, I have a tendency to do my own research for every little thing, even research that already exists and I could just look at. Uh, it's kind of an obsession of my own to make sure everything I do is verified and working and I'm just, I'm very detail oriented with that, which is which is strange because I'm not really detail oriented in any other aspect of my life. Um, but I've had I've had regression for individual stats like I think since 2005, 2006 or so. Uh, that's the nice thing of developing projections is I have a lot of data, and you have a lot of data, and then and you can also you, you I know that you know in uh, to a much lesser degree this this happens for me I'm sure, but it's you. You make one discovery, and it, it can be nice because that sort of uh, lends itself to to three or four others that that might pop up in the future. Yeah, that, that's that's the kind of thing that happens. And just to just to change the subject abruptly, 
the Royals have done a trade, and I like the trade. Uh-oh. This is bra- is this breaking? They trade, yeah, they just traded Aoki for, uh, well, they got Aoki for, for Will Smith. Hmm. Um, and, and he, of course, is a, is a useful player, which, which is strange for the Royals to acquire. Um, and Will Smith, of course, has some promise, but he's also a reliever. And, you know, when you have a starting player that you can put in the outfield and a reliever, you yeah, know, Aoki's a- 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 been, uh, Aoki's a- been, I mean, pretty good in recent years. And that, that yeah. maybe, uh, will ensure that they don't, not that David Lowe or Luff, how do we say his name? Do you know? I've, I've heard it both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, um, I'm trying to remember what they how they say it on Royals broadcast because I'm trying to remember the last one I I saw. What did they? I'm, I'm just trying to remember. Um, well, maybe we could find this on the. What are you? Where are you looking right now? Where are you? Where are you browsing? I, with I'm, your I'm looking in my mind. I'm, I know I've I've heard it. Uh, I don't know if we want to see plenty of Royals games, but I think it's I think it's low actually. Okay. I mean, I'm he, fine with that. Yeah. I'm fine with whatever you yeah, say. I don't honestly. think I've, that's something that's to dwell on. I know I've heard someone say love, but I, but I'm pretty sure it's low. All right, let's just say low for the moment. Okay, I, I, yeah. this is this is the kind of thing I should probably know because I've seen him play. Yeah, okay. But yeah, but, you know, new new facts come in my mind and they just push out old things. That's something to dwell on. Yeah, but Aoki, uh, Aoki certainly uh, demonstrated a, I don't know, ability to, ability to play, and uh, I don't, I think what maybe. He doesn't strike out a lot. That's one thing, and um, he can uh, maybe he could he could play center a little bit theoretically. He can. He he he's a, he's a good stopgap. He has good defense in the corner. He he can he can get on base. Um, he's maybe David DeJesus. Is that is that possible? That's that's not a bad comp actually. Yeah yeah. But that that seems kind of useful for the Royals. I'm yeah. I right. mean, I mean, there's like a Bill Aoki that they actually acquired for, and I just looked at the last name. I'm curious as to how you saw this uh, this news breaking as we were recording a podcast. Oh well, well my my Twitter feed is always going. Okay, all right, very. It's it's, it's yeah, like yeah. it's like the ticker at the bottom of the screen that they yeah. started using after 9/11. Oh, I see where, how important the, the this program is to you. That's, that's just getting getting to the bottom of it. <laughs> oh well, I, I gotta tell you this, Carson. I got yeah. a life outside of you. I, oh. Hmm. I, I, we had to have this talk. Yeah, we do. Yeah, this is a big talk we're going to have to have. It's disappointing already. But see, if if I wasn't doing that, you would not know that right now. You'd have to wait 15 minutes. It'd be terrible. This important news. I know that's, that's terrible. About, that's old by the time anybody hears this. I could barely, yeah. That way I could not care about it in 15 minutes as opposed to right now. <laughs> Let's, uh, let me ask you, uh, I, uh, oh yeah, you said there's some things you're thinking about implementing. What's the, what's in the future, or, or do you not? Are you tight lipped? Uh, well, we, I don't want to promise things because a lot of things, a lot of ideas I get, yeah, don't actually pan out. Yeah, uh, in thing, I'm still trying to figure out uh, some things with with pitch sequencing or distribution of stuff uh, repertoire, um, but I'm, I'm still figuring out value of that. What about so, a? So like, yeah, to what degree does PitchFX inform Zips at this point, if at all? Uh, th- it does have it does have a bit of value uh, to it, but it's not super aggressive. Okay. I'm I I I I don't want to break Zips. That would be bad. Right. Are you allowed? to – Can you divulge what part it has in it, or is it the uh, is that part well, of I've, the secret? Formula? I've been using fastball speed and change in fastball speed, which oh, has actually been mildly useful at least. 
but of course, we're, we're kind of tinkering around the edges. It's hard to really get too much more out of mean projections. Generally, I'm a lot of my work is more focused towards refining career uh, models because okay. uh, long-term playing time is a pretty difficult thing to, to get a beat on. Um, when you like what what program? I mean, this is a naive question, definitely. But like when you're talking about like, oh, I'm going to look at uh, whatever the effects of um, the effects of change in fastball velocity, for example. I'm going to look at that, and you have a pile of data. Obviously, I assume you use what some sort of SQL program or database. But what I mean, what what is literally the application you're using on your computer um, to run well, this process? I use a blend of Excel for simpler things with lots of nice little plugins that I've purchased over the years. Uh, and I use uh, uh, Statistica, which is an old software package that I've been using since I was 15 and I had a DOS version. Okay. It, yeah, all the, all the cool kids have statistical packages on their 386 computer. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, A lot of the other stat heads use data, more database-driven things. Uh, I do not. Uh, I... I have no idea how to use R, and that is probably shocking to the hardcore sabermetricians that Zimborski doesn't use R. Is that uh, scandalous? Have, you, have we uncovered something here? Uh, it, it might get me berated and kicked out of the fraternity, Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, ho- I hope not. Okay. Uh, if not, I'll just, I can start punching people, I guess. Here's another question. We're, all, we're almost running out of the questions I prepared. You know, because, you know, but the, um, we actually had a, uh, you and I had a brief, uh, internet correspondence or email correspondence recently with regard to Miguel Alfredo Gonzalez. Um, in putting together the numbers for the Phillies, I realized both that A, Gonzalez uh, had been signed and was projected to start, a, you know, be the third or fourth starter for the Phillies, but also that B, there was no projection for him. And sometimes, because uh, you have a lot on your plate, sometimes you'll you'll miss one, and it's not really a big deal. I think that happened with Daniel Nava. No one, no one's any the wiser for it, though. Oh um, uh, well, why? Well, I, I did, I did give it to you afterwards when yeah. you said something. I know, no, no, uh, I know. I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm not angry at you, Dan Zaborski. But I, my, I think you are. I, <laughs> I detect some hostility in your voice. But my point is, uh, with regard to Gonzalez, you said uh, Cuban players take longer. And what do you mean take longer? Oh uh, well, it's not that there's an increased process. It takes longer because I completely forgot about him. Yeah. Until you said something, and I was working on something at the time. And and Cuban stats, you have to kind of find from two or three Cuban websites in Spanish. Uh, and despite four years of Spanish in middle school and high school, another year in college, my Spanish is not very good. Uh, so I, I just hadn't done it yet. That's what I mean by it that's takes what, more that's time. What that means. It takes, <laughs> I I should have said it takes more effort, but yeah. Uh, well, and therefore, I, yeah, that, sure. that, 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 that sounds like a terrible thing to say. Oh no, it, that takes that takes effort. I don't want to do that. Well, uh, no, for the future for future purposes, know that uh, if you tell me that something requires more effort, that's I'm very sympathetic to that. No, uh, I, I I'll probably tweet it on Twitter uh, when I do it because tweet it, yeah. I, I had yeah. I had this, this this great list of of things I'm supposed to do that I, I, I forget until someone says, Dan, where is X? And I say, oh, it's coming, and I realize that I haven't started X yet. Yeah. Uh, because, see, see, I work best against the wall yeah. with a, with a, 
a deadline approaching and hovering over my head uh, because I'm a, I'm a very undisciplined procrastinator. And sure. if I'm given time to do a project, it's just, it's just going to be terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about I Actually, I'd, um, for, for me too, I know that there's something about having time which actually it immediately causes for me anxiety because I say, oh, well, first of all, if I'm given time, that must mean it's a larger project. And then also I immediately say, no, I'm not going to do this. If there's a deadline associated with it, I say, no, I'm going to do it right before the deadline. So it's like kind of a double – it's a double affliction really. Well, then do they, do they, do they cancel out? No, no, no. They it's it's like exponential in terms oh. so far as that's concerned. It's not even yeah. Yeah, it's pretty difficult. I mean it sounds see, like ways. See, see more things should cancel out. Uh if you have cancer and you get a second cancer, then it should cancel out the first cancer, then you're okay. Right. But it's not what? What'd you say? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking out loud. Would you do you say cancer? Yeah, if you have cancer and you yeah. get a second one, they should they should cancel each other out like just like how two wrongs makes a right. Yeah, I don't think that happens with cancer, though, unfortunately. Yeah, but it, it should. That now would you just be have like, more cancer. That would be more mathematically fair, I feel. Like if the cancer, the one cancer eats the first cancer? Yeah. Yeah. You know, turn your ideal. enemies against each other. Yeah, I was actually doing some rather dark um, internet research yesterday on causes of death for baseball players. And uh, I was reading about a player... Who ended? It might have been Mickey. The end of Mickey Mantle's life. He had a lot of things uh, that were wrong with him to the point where it's like not entirely clear what killed him. Like if it, I mean, it was a number of things competing to kill him. Is the idea? That's never yeah. fun. No, it's not. My my grandfather was like that. He, I mean, he was ninety six when he died, so yeah. he could hardly complain about longevity. But to to knock him off, he needed. He had metastatic prostate cancer, uh, a blood infection, uh, pneumonia. And a heart attack simultaneously. Yeah. I guess there's uh, something so, – I don't know. There's something maybe – I don't know precisely what the word is, but it, it's um, – there's some virtue to that, I'd say, especially if you make it to your 90s where it's like you need four you need four things to take you down. There's yeah, something it's impressive. That, yeah, right. I mean, you don't want to fall down the stairs. I mean that's kind of embarrassing. I know, but that's a serious thing for elderly people. Yeah, but you you, you want to – if 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 you if it turns out there are pearly gates, you want to be able to brag about what happened. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it took four diseases to finish me. You always say, I, "I fell asleep with a candle in my house." Yeah, well, hopefully people aren't doing that as much anymore. Candles are much less necessary. Uh, but but they had that retro feel, you know. You can you can carry the candle around on a dish and have your cap with the tassel and. Right, you're just thinking of Ebenezer Scrooge right now. Yeah, every, that that that's pretty much what I know about 18th century or 19th century life. Ebenezer Scrooge. I mean, you had kids with rickets and geese, and everybody had great parties on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you basically and, summed up the 19th century. Oh, okay. Let me, let me ask you about uh, Mike, uh, Michael Franco's projection. I mean, we're, we're I, there aren't too many to choose from at this point, but. Uh, Michael Franco's projection is – I think it's like the third or fourth highest among all of the Phillies. Um, does that ring a bell for you? Are you yeah, I, 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 I know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. he, 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 he's, an ex, he's an excellent prospect. Uh, yeah. the, and the Phillies are not an excellent team. So, it, it so kind he, of yeah, he shows up is the idea. So what's – with something like that, what is, what is it that, that uh, Zips is looking at precisely? That, well, that, that will save well his minor league translations are excellent this year. 
Uh, he took a big leap forward, and it, it can't simply be explained. He didn't play in the California League. He didn't play in the Pacific Coast League. Uh, and power tends to tends to remain. Uh, a lot of the times when you see a guy just – a lot of those minor leaguers that get a lot of their value from walks, they don't translate as well to the majors. Uh, but a guy who shows that much power tends to at least keep that power. And if, if you look at the projection, I mean, it's mostly from power. Uh, it's not like it has a, he has a great on-base percentage. Below uh, 300, I think, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's just – in that case, it's just Phillies. You put, if you put him on another team, he would, he would rank considerably lower. Um, Right, but so so what we have here is a situation where it sees it sees that spike in power, and not not that it was unprecedented, but it was certainly um, it was an impressive year, and he he was actually absent from top 100 lists prospect lists going into the season. So in that sense, it's a, it was a great year for Franco, and um, but but so what Zip sees is him gain that power, and then the and then the computer math says, well, typically. So far as precedent is concerned, is not the sort of thing that uh, that players would lose. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not that easy to hit to hit home runs in the Eastern League um, relative to other leagues. Uh, I mean, he was only twenty. Also, uh, the reason that he wasn't on the top hundred list is because he hadn't showed any of that upside yet. But he clearly showed some upside this year. Now, here's a question: What would the uh, because you mentioned the Eastern League and how that might have affected, you know, be hitting that those home runs in the Eastern League is different than say the the Cal League, I assume. The high yeah, the Cal California League. League is notorious for right for for, for offense right. and the Pacific Coast League, of course. Right, and so I'm I'm not remembering exactly what leagues he played in, but I know that I came across, uh, you know, sometime in the last couple of months, a Baseball America prospect handbook from. Somewhere in the mid aughts, and Brandon Wood was I don't know the first or third overall prospect by Baseball America. And of course, he's a shortstop who had something. I think he had 40 home runs in one season at some point. He did. Uh, one of the things that that because I don't Bill James had his initial uh, equivalencies that he published, uh, and I've refined that quite a bit over the year. I've pretty much done my own thing because I have a lot more data to go for go with. Um, and one of the one of the um, characteristics of minor leaguers that didn't translate well was that they tended to have really high uh, batting average on balls in play in the minors. And at the time, uh, James didn't know one was really looking at batting average on balls in play. Uh, but now, when you look, uh, say, uh, Wood in a, or what's it? He played, I guess, for Rancho Cucamonga, the Quakes, I think, yeah. at the time. That was that. That was the area he had forty home runs, right? Uh, yeah, I think he had. I don't, I don't have it in front yeah. of me. I think he had in the. Okay, it's fine. Well, yeah. you, you, there was like it was like a perfect storm of things. He he didn't have great contact numbers, and he was playing it in an insane offensive environment. Uh, the California League this year uh, still scored over five runs a game, uh, and and back then, go back a decade, and I think they were near six around that time. Uh, so he was essentially playing kind of on the moon, so to speak. Right, you couldn't actually play in the moon um, unless you, you, you could. Proper, well, uh, equipment. You, you need, need a lot of. You couldn't have. A, I mean, you need a bat and a ball and four bases. Well, three bases in home plate. As long as you can get eighteen astronauts up there, I don't see a reason you can't play baseball on the moon. Right. So, so, so you, I, you need to. Right, you need special equipment, though. You can't just play. Well, you just do a bigger field. Maybe you have an extra outfielder. Okay. Or a heavier ball. Oh yeah, that works. With that, I guess you can. 
Yeah. I mean, couldn't you get a heavier ball to counteract the lack of gravity so that it acts like a regular baseball? Let's uh, leave that to a listener. If anyone's made it to this point, which is about the 37-minute mark, I would guess, um, please do get in touch, awaiting with bated yeah. breath. Well, you have to think about the moon because it has a great demographic. Everybody sees it. It's true. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot of visibility. Right. The, um, so, so if, 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 what are the differences then between what uh, projections might have looked at uh, with, with regard to Brandon Wood then and what they would look at him now. You may, I mean, you sort of mentioned uh, Babbitt would be part of it, maybe environment more than it than it has been previously. Well, better translations for something. Uh, generally speaking, he did not have huge translations in the minors. And by the time we got to uh, the Zips era, so to speak, his, his projections, uh, I mean, they were better than he actually played, but they weren't exactly all that exciting. Um they were just kind of mediocre because he he did have some flaws as a player that were pretty obvious. Uh, but you can also say that people thought too much of his minor league statistics and still think he didn't quite do what he should have done, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah it does, right. Well, because He was disappointing, but not quite as disappointing as some people think. Yeah. I guess it, it's really hard, and I'm sure you deal with this quite a bit because you know, you're producing – uh, raw raw numbers, or you know, you know. Oh, I, I actually, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. I actually decided to actually open up my my list of equivalency spreadsheet, uh, and I translated his 2005 season uh, as a 238, 283, 423 line. Okay. Uh, I translated his 2006 as a 208, 269, 371 line. So you can see from those numbers that. There was quite a lot of error in, in that performance. Um, and even if that's still better than he played in the majors, it wasn't someone that should instantly be on the top of the prospect list. Right. Yeah, yeah, precisely right. It, it, you must deal with this, though, um, where, like, you know, he hit that, whatever that figure was, he hit 40 home runs. And that's some that's a number that really sticks um, in people's minds, you know. It's hard to it's hard to sort of get rid of those you know those thresholds, and I, I guess I'm curious as to, to sort of what you've learned either about yourself or about other people uh, by the way that you know um, n- now that you're working a lot on you know translations and projections, um, seeing, well, seeing well, the mo- sort of the deficit there. Well, milestones don't really aren't really as sexy for me as they used to be. Uh, it's it's always funny that, that one of the criticisms that people that hate sabermetrics have about sabermetrics is it's obsessed with numbers. But in fact, when you look at things like milestones, sabermetrics isn't really that concerned with what the number is. It doesn't really care if it's a pretty number, that if it's over 100 for something or over 300 for something, it cares what it means in context. Uh, so you could actually say that the non-stat head uh, – Interpretation is a more stat-using interpretation, right? Because the idea is that uh, yeah, it's what the numbers mean. We don't care if it's thirty-eight or forty-two. We want to know what thirty-eight or forty-two means, and we don't care if it's forty instead of thirty-nine or or a hundred instead of ninety-nine. Right, right. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Should I ask anything else? Jack Morris. <laughs> I oh, love no. talking what, Jack Morris. What do you want to here. say about Jack Morris? Is it? Do you, what do you have? What could, 
what could possibly be new to add to that conversation, to add to that heated debate? I don't know. Do you have but, a hot take? But, Is that what I you always, you always have well, – I don't know. Maybe there's new information. Maybe he's going to – maybe he's, he pitched a year in the minors we just forgot about. Like, What's your hot take? Do you, have a hot, do you have a hot take to offer on Jack Morris? Not, not particularly, but I get asked about Jack Morris a lot this year because I'm usually very critical. Of his candidacy? I assume. Of his candidacy. Not him as a person. I don't know him as a person. Right. He seems like a perfectly average person. Right. Well, the, the opinion that I have co-opted from all of the opinions is that what is, and this is not my, this is not mine at all, but the, what is the disappointing aspect of the MVP and Hall of Fame debates is that um, one is forced um, to, in the case of Jack Morris, for example, one is forced to enumerate his uh, uh, his his flaws as opposed to his virtues. Yeah, right? but this time of year, uh, between free agent signings, uh, there's not a lot of baseball-related news to talk about. Uh, so when it's a slow period, like that period right after the World Series or the down days in November when they're not trading 20 guys in a day to Billy Bean, uh, we got to have something to talk about. I mean, we got to have something to argue about because – Baseball's always about arguments. Yeah. I mean, have you ever seen – I mean, you go back and you think of the hot stove league and, you know, the sepia-toned photos of, of people sitting around the hot stove and, and talking about Warren Harding. Um, they're, <laughs> they're not just saying, you know who's great? That guy. The other guy's not saying, yes, he is. They're arguing. They're arguing about things. Oh, that guy's a bum. That guy is terrible. Uh, but but the, but they use like old timey slang. Yeah, you're looking for some. You're talking about the some ladies' gams or something like that. Yeah, or say you know who we should get? We should get Bob Musil, and you say now you're on the trolley. Now you're on the trolley. Yeah, I think they used to say that. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, the trolley is a less popular form of public transit. But yeah. it has that retro value. I, I could go for trolleys. I mean, light rail. That just sounds so kind of lame. It does, yeah, it does sound a little upset, I think, right? You, yeah, trolley has some, uh, some, some real strength behind it. Yeah, it's uh, its own thing. It's when you say the light rail, it's, it's, it's all you're comparing it to rail. It's not as, it's, it's, it's not. I mean, you say, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a light beer. Yeah, light beer, right? Uh, and 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 um, Mr. Rogers had a trolley, that you know the little yeah, train thing. Yeah, and Mr. Rogers was completely badass. Uh. I mean, he could he could rock the cardigan like like hipsters try to today. Yeah, but he could rock it. Science proves that uh, yeah, he was the best at wearing. It cardigan. is that that yeah. was an episode. Yep, yeah, that was an episode. It, no one saw it, but I but I saw it. I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you have? Uh, uh, we'll end on this. Uh, what do you have to say? Um, people uh, people will be indignant. Uh, uh, one assumes. At one point, and probably more at more than one point during the release of these Zips projections, uh, what is your message to to that person or those people? Well, any projection that you're unhappy with, it's because Carson Sistuli did not enter the statistics correct into the graphic. Oh yeah, that's wait, that's the other question. What am I doing wrong so far? Well, I don't know. I ha- have you gotten any? I-, I haven't actually gotten any nasty email about the Red Sox or Phillies, which is oh. surprising. Yeah, that is, a, that but, is shocking. Yeah. But it. But when they have a projection that people hate, I'll let them know. My fault. Uh, that it was your fault. Okay.
That feels that feels good. That's good. We, well, I mean, you're in France. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's harder to hunt you down than it is to hunt me down. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm in Ohio at the moment, and that's 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 fairly centralized for a good portion of the population. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm within I'm within beating distance from Detroit and Chicago and Cincinnati and Cleveland. Yeah, uh, those are people who want to beat other people. Uh, people who live in yeah, the city. yeah, yeah. They're yeah, when you, when you see stereotypes, when you see like you don't think when you, th- you think of Chicago politics. Yeah. You think of you know brutal, bare-fisted fighting. Yeah, you right. don't think of you know the Algonquin Round Table. No, no, no. Dorothy Parker. Yeah, she would lash you with her tongue, but that's about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I could take tongue lashings, but I have a a a perfect rate at not getting beat up in my life, mm-hmm. which which some people might find surprising because I tend to say a lot of things that should get me beat up. Yeah. Uh, but I, I have a, a flawless record up to date. Flawless, yeah, right. Good. Well, uh, let's hope uh, that that maintains itself. And uh, and uh, otherwise, though, we'll bid you – well, you stick around for another moment. But for the sake of the listener, uh, we'll say thank you very much to Dan Zimborski. And then you, then you say uh, you're welcome oh. or thank you. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for having me, Carson. I didn't know when you were going to cut me off. Yeah, no, no. Now I'm about to cut see, you off. I, see, I expect like, I, that you just you just hang up on me and then it would be on the podcast. You say, ha, huh, we got rid of him. Yeah, we got rid now of him. I know. Oh, no. I don't know. My relationship, people only listen to this, to me begrudgingly. It's the guest that they'd like to hear. Uh, Ooh, but that is, that has been an excellent guest. Uh, um, occasionally uh, irreverent, I would say, but uh, excellent nonetheless. Uh, Dan Zaborski, I'm Carson Sestule. This has been Fangraphs Audio.